Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we are at the Weedy Weedy portion of May, where we just chit-chat, chismear. May I talk to you about something? Oh my god. <laughs> or no. you may. <laughs> Kat, it's hot. Oh my god, yes. Summer is like... It, Hitting us in the face. Yeah, New Mexico did the thing where it was like, it's freezing, and then it's 90 degrees. It rained, cats and dogs, mm-hmm. and then it dried up, like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, but that means that we're now enter- we're, we're leaving the incredibly windy and sometimes cold phase of spring to just the incredibly windy and hot phase <laughs> of summer. It's like yeah. a blow dryer. And the Rio has water. Yay! So there's, you know, all the signs. And soon the mosquitoes will descend upon us. Mm-hmm. I did get a mosquito trap thing for our house. <gasps> I need try to do that. that. I need it to be like a giant vortex, though, <laughs> because we get such terrible mosquitoes. It needs to be like a black hole that just like... Uh-huh. Just a constant vacuum cleaner. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Make sure you don't lose like, the child the in there. Where's the dog? Yeah. hmm <laughs> Well, another... Uh, another... Um, another thing that, that comes with the season of spring into summer that also goes into fall, that is baseball. Your favorite. My, one of my favorites, yes, absolutely. And actually, this is, a, this is an interesting topic because I have gone back and forth with regards to my alliance to the Dodgers. Which is your team, right? So why is it your team? Like, why do you like this team to begin with? Because you are a Dodgers fan. So two reasons. One, I lived in L.A., Mm-hmm. And to Fernando Valenzuela. Okay. He was yeah. an amazing pitcher who also needs to, to go into the Hall of Fame. I hope anybody who's listening out there can push for me as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he, he actually got a lot of predominantly Mexican-American, but the mm-hmm. Latine fans mm-hmm. to come back to the Dodgers because they were on the, the Mexican-American slash Latine communities were on the outs with the Dodgers. <gasps> We're going to talk the about longest it. time, yeah, and land and land back. Whoa. It all ties together. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, the Dodgers, picture it, Los Angeles, nineteen sixties. But actually, we have to go back just a little bit further because there were were some neighborhoods in what is now Chavez Ravine. Well, before the, this, okay, the what? Dodgers were founded in eighteen eighty three. And they they went through a whole bunch of different names. Yeah, this and they were in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But 1883, I'm like, there was baseball then. Yes. I did not realize. It I really did not back. realize it went that far back. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not. So I'm not the baseball super fan that you are. So I had, I'm, this is. This episode is for you, Kat. <laughs> when you when you were saying, "Hey, maybe we should talk about this," I was like, "What sports, really?" I know, and I love a good sports story, so this really intrigues me. Um, I I was a Yankees fan for a really long time because I like their uniforms and I like pinstripes. Mm-hmm. Like straight up, that was the only reason. Right um, now, I like the White Sox because my sister lives near there and they go to the games all the time. So <laughs> that's how fickle of a fan I am. Just I, so we are on the same page. You know what? There have been other reasons for people to move fan their fan base. Yeah. Other than just outfit and city. So you are in. Okay. You're in good company. Okay. Don't worry. So 1960 what? So in the 60s. Yeah. A little bit before then, 
the Dodgers had already moved to LA, but they needed like a home home. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the 50s, so I'm going to go back a little bit of a decade. In the 50s, Los Angeles was looking at places to build um, essentially affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And they, they, and I say they because, let's face it, the people who make these kinds of decisions are, especially at the time, are going to be affluent business owners, usually uh, people who have a stake in, mm-hmm. in selling or they're going to line their pockets in some way mm-hmm. and usually going to be white. Mm-hmm. So we're in the 50s in Los Angeles, and that's exactly what's happening. The stakeholders, the decision makers, were looking at um, a piece of land that incorporated three neighborhoods, Bishop, uh, La Loma, and Palo Verde. And um, this particular neighborhood, because remember, back in this time frame, a person of color trying to buy a house in a, just buy a house period it was difficult and then where you purchased a house was based on where the city didn't want you to be right and not just los angeles let's be clear this has been in many cities across the country neighborhoods are not segregated by accident exactly right. redlining right that's what it is so um, they're looking at having affordable housing they're looking at this set of neighborhoods that's in what we now call Chavez Ravine. Mm-hmm. And then they start doing a couple things. First, they, they sent out some offer letters for people to be bought out, but they were being bought out at like pennies on the dollar. It wasn't sure. going to be like you were going to get what you put into your house. Mm-hmm. And then for those who didn't want to leave, they were starting to use eminent domain, which is this thought process of taking land or purchasing it very cheaply for the betterment of the community. Define betterment or the definition of betterment was not created by the community or by the neighborhood. It was created by, again, stakeholders, decision makers who had something to gain. Mm. So um, as a very terrible example that, because I can't think, other than Chavez Ravine, I can't think of anything other than to say like, if they want to build um, a highway, not necessarily because it's going to ease uh, uh, um, traffic, but because some it might ease traffic, but that may be a side thing. You know, it might be done because someone's going to make money off of it. So they are going to clear a neighborhood, calling it eminent domain, so that they can build this highway and say that it's for the good, the betterment of the community. Well, this is where we start talking about pipelines Mm -hmm. and getting things through indigenous land. And it's a lot of times through poor black, brown neighborhoods where they're like, oh, but what we stand to gain versus you just having a house is way more important than black and brown people living in this area, which is such trash. And, and for a lot of people, buying a house was such a big deal right. because you didn't think you were going to ever move. Like, they didn't have the generational wealth or mm-hmm. economic ability to be able to, okay, you know what, I'll sell out here, but I know that I can purchase somewhere else. That, that was just not going to be the case. Right. You settled into this neighborhood. They created their own churches, and, and there was a school that was in that neighborhood. Um, a lot of people subsisted on their own. They, they grew their own food and mm-hmm. whatnot. So this was a, a small, beautiful community that could just be on its own. Of Mexican-American people, right? Correct. Like this was Mexican-Americans. Yes, there was about 200 families that mm-hmm. lived there mm-hmm. at its height. So then the city of Los Angeles is spying this 
area saying, you know what, affordable housing, we can create X, Y, and Z, you know, apartment buildings and complexes and this and that. So they started little by little, first with voluntarily purchasing out, then by eminent domain, which is this terrible um, use of basically force to get people to move. Mm. And there were several holdout families, one of which news cameras were there to actually capture law enforcement physically taking people out of their homes as kids were crying, as families were crying, being torn apart because they're being physically removed. And then they saw their houses demolished. I can't even imagine bulldozers just plowing over their house. I can't even imagine just like, no, trust us. This is going to be better in the long run. Like how? how for you? Right. Yeah. So, so then these folks who were physically removed didn't get any compensation whatsoever. They're just basically kicked out of their neighborhood. Because they waited too long. Because they waited too long. Because oh they God. really, really loved their, that area. They loved their neighbors, the neighborhood, what was built. It was theirs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so throughout this decade, this happening, the affordable housing never pans out. Right. So, they, yeah, they... In the middle of all this, they there's this public referendum that prohibits the original housing plan. They elect this mayor who's super conservative, who is not about public housing. He's like, yeah, that's not happening in my city. So then there's all this acquired land now, all these displaced people, and, and then what? And then what? And so fast forward to the Dodgers had already moved to L.A. They were looking for a new... Uh, you know, quote-unquote home, a new stadium to build to to um, be able to have the games. And they get a really sweet deal from the city to get what is now Chavez Ravine. So, uh, so long as they build a stadium that can fit 50,000 people. When I first heard about this, about Chavez Ravine and the history, it was kind of an abbreviated history. I had heard and understood that only because the Dodgers wanted to have a stadium mm. there was it cleared out. Right. There was that piece missing. This is not to say that that fundamentally the organization of the Dodgers didn't go in and, mm-hmm. and benefit. Take advantage, absolutely. Yeah. But um, when I first heard it, I really was like, what the fuck? They literally moved everybody just so they can mm-hmm. build a stadium? And again, this doesn't negate everything that happened in the 50s to right. get to this point. But the Dodgers come in, get this sweet deal, build a stadium. And fast forward to now where we are um, in, a, in a place in time where there is more of a discussion about reparations mm-hmm. for people and communities in land that has been unfairly taken. And, and I'll asterisk there and say, yes, understood that indigenous communities and peoples and tribes land back is owed on that end but for california they have been doing several smaller uh, ways of giving land back to some of the original owners Mm -hmm. one of the examples is um black uh black beach oh i'm sorry bruce's beach in Mm -hmm. manhattan beach where um that piece of land that was taken because of eminent domain for a park um was taken from a black uh family and then years later it was given back to the family and then the family turned around and sold, sold it, it. Mm-hmm. hell yeah hell yeah take that coin 
Um, so there's been a couple instances where there has been this movement in California primarily for reparations of some sort for slights in this arena. Mm -hmm. So there is a coalition of families started by some of the families who whose um, previous generations had lived in um, what is now Chavez Ravine to try to get reparations for that land that they n never never were able to live on, the younger generations were never able to live on. Mm -hmm. In the article that I read from the New York Times, the coalition does see that primarily there needs to be land back to the original indigenous communities that lived there, but some kind of reparation for the 200 families who used to live in those three neighborhoods of Bishop, La Loma, and Palo Verde. And eminent domain, the premise, it says, like, there should be just compensation, which also, if a greater power wants to take something over, they can downplay the value. They can make it seem like, oh, this is just poor. We're going to build something better. You're going to be able to live here. It's, you know, we'll just make it all good, which is just already so messed up. But so there's that little piece, like you said, I had always heard this too, like the Dodgers basically took advantage, bought this land, took it over um, with all this shade, right? All this shady business happening and people were pissed. And so now there's this little chunk that's like, no, they were going to put public housing up and then the Dodgers saw an opportunity. Now, how is are they at less fault is it less crappy that they did that i don't know certainly not for the families who gives a shit and it, it i can't even imagine like i think it must be such a burn it's one thing to be like okay they put up some projects and we used to live there but like this big flashy ass <laughs> stadium all the time where there's just people and traffic and parking and like millions of dollars being shoveled through that stadium that oh my god like what a burn that that must feel like and that's how they lost a lot of their fan uh, a mm -hmm. lot of their mexican-american right and latina fan base was because of the the advantage that the owners of the dodger organization took at the time like mm -hmm. they could have said we will pay fairly you know th there could have been a lot of things that they have done sure they didn't they took the profitable road at, at the right. expense of somebody else and now have this, um, you know, and I have seen games there. I've been there. It's a beautiful stadium, all of the things. It's, it really is set overlooking downtown L.A. Mm. So um, the, the Dodgers did lose a lot of that fan base. And for some, it has taken decades to win it back. Right. Or not at all. There are some folks, there are some like, like older. Die hard, we will never, never. set foot. And, and neither will my children. And neither will their, like, you'll be like kicked out of the family if you go. Right. And, and in some families who had previously been there, they don't talk about their old neighborhood because it is so painful. So some of the generations that have come, like recent generations, they don't necessarily know the entirety of that history, and so mm -hmm. they are Dodgers fans. Right. And not, I don't know that it would necessarily cause a rift so much as it's still just painful because then you're seeing your grandchild or your great-grandchild sporting a Dodgers right. uniform, and it's like, oh. The pain is still there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, but going back to why am I a Dodgers fan, 
Fernando Valenzuela being picked up as a pitcher in the 80s, that really did bring some Mexican-American fans back. Mm. Fernando mania did spur up a lot, and there's been quite a quite a few players fr- with Latin American descent that have now, you know, garnered more um, more of a fan base from the Latina community. And some of it is because people have forgotten. You know, you don't want to remember some of the painful stuff in history, so it's not passed down. Mm-hmm. And because of these, you know, that alongside these players who are really popular have brought a bunch of folks back and when you go to Dodgers games there is a huge Latina fan base and you can see like like the shirt that you gave me like Los Doyers mm-hmm. or Los Dodgers I at part of me is a little like am I downplaying someone else's pain by being a fan right and I I do love Fernando Valenzuela I have a not MLB jersey of him (laughs) because you know what those are expensive not gonna lie but okay so I don't know does that would that change your perception of of the White Sox if there was some history like that I'm not that invested to care (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like what do I have to give the jersey away now or no okay I can keep it okay cool yeah we're good I'm not that invested I again though I do love a I love a sports story Mm -hmm. So this uh, is very intriguing to me, and it it sheds light on the land back um, in a more updated version, right? Like in recent history, it also just sheds light on the whole concept of eminent domain and how wild that is that someone can just show up at your house and be like, yeah, you're not going to live here anymore because we're going to put a pipeline through it because that's more important than you living in this house. It just, we continue to be visited by colonization like (laughs) over and over and over for the greater good, right? It's it's just wild to me. And and certainly gives... uh, I don't know like I would love to meet this OG who's like fuck the Dodgers like I want to hear that story I want to know that like how did you grow up what what did you grow up hearing your family talk about and what was the the dinner conversation when like they won the pennant or you know the anger and the fury I I just I find that so um so interesting just that family's and and like you're saying, some of the younger generations might just be like, "Oh yeah, my pops hates the fucking Dodgers," but they don't even know why. Right. So it it's just very interesting to me. So what you're saying and what I'm hearing is we're gonna take a trip to L.A. Oh my God, let's go. And then we're gonna go talk to some folks who. I would love that. Uh, I would love that too. Let's do it. Also, uh, the Dodgers are in some recent uh, bullshit as well, Kat. So I I, th- I don't know. You might you might want to question your loyalties here. I, you know, yes, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new drama. Um, so it happens to be with the queer community or the LGBTQIA community plus plus plus. Um, I will say that when I lived in LA and I was working at the LA Gay and Lesbian Center, I think they've renamed it since, but um, back then it, that's what it was called. There was a couple who was, um, you know how they do that like in seventh inning stretch or in between innings, mm-hmm. kiss the person next to you or whatever. Oh, right. So they showed a lesbian couple kissing mm-hmm. and they ki- they got kicked out. Shut up. And so to try to make it up to the community. When was the, this? Oh, this. so I moved over there in, t- in 2000. So this must have happened okay. in like 99 maybe. Okay. 
98, something like that. Mm-hmm. So to make it up to the community, the um, the Dodgers gave a bunch of tickets for pretty much it was for the entire season, for several seasons, to the LA Gay and Lesbian Center. So then some of their, uh, you know, they would give out to some departments mm-hmm. within with the employees to go watch a game. Interesting. So that's, that's how I used to go watch the games was because they gave free tickets as a way to make up to the queer community the fact that they had booted out this couple. Damn, you got blackmail tickets? Yes. To Dodgers games? Sure did. Wow. I know, I know. That's fascinating. This is this is getting worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh repeating history maybe a little bit here. Right. So this this kind of is at the intersection of performative alliance with different communities. Mhm. So the Dodgers were going to or they invited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. (laughs) And if you are not familiar with this organization, it is a community-based organization that that got its roots for helping out um, people who were impacted by HIV AIDS. Mm -hmm. And they are themed. And they dress like nuns. They're drag nuns. They're drag nuns, whom I absolutely adore and love. Their mission statement is... They, they are devoted to community service, ministry, and outreach to those on the edges and to promoting human rights, respect for diversity, and spiritual enlightenment. They've been around since 1979, mm-hmm. which is like that part, outreach to those on the edges. Oh, I just love that. It's yes. just like, what a way to speak to all of it without having to name the alphabet soup and the freaking every acronym and every... like. If you're on, if you feel like you're living outside of mainstream society, we want to help you. Mm-hmm. I love it. And they they as a group go to different pride parades. You can see them from anywhere. Now, so their drag is nun drag, right? <laughs> and that's going to, aside from it being a little bit amusing for us, for some people it really does piss them off because of their religion. Right. You, that part aside, however you may feel mm-hmm. about drag nuns. <laughs> I laugh every time. This is so <laughs> funny to me. Just the irony of the whole situation is hilarious to me because Catholicism, there are a lot of, of religions who have sort of come around to we accept all people. There's this whole like, what would Jesus do for real? Like, who was Jesus kicking it with? That type of attitude and and I don't even want to call it progress because it's not just acknowledgement of human humanity and diversity within humanity. Um, the Catholic Church is just not having that, and I, I associate nuns with the Catholic faith. So to me, the the, the irony <laughs> of them doing good works for the people on the edges, which Catholicism says they do, is just it's just too much for me, and I love it. I mean, really. Um, gosh, the sister from India, go. Mother Teresa. Wow. She wasn't actually from India. I understand that, but she spent some mm-hmm. time there. Anywho, Sister Teresa, Mother Teresa, was a was a nun, right? Like mm-hmm. doing the good things that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence do. Right. I mean, period. Okay, so go. 
So the Dodgers, it's pri- it's Pride Month, June, right? Coming up, so they're having their Pride Night. Like lots of teams do this when their mm-hmm. season happens in June, they do a Pride Night. They have all the flags, they invite all the queer people. It's a party. It's amazing. Everybody's throwing up rainbows. It's a fiesta. <laughs> so they want to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence by giving them an award. They invite them to the thing. And then people lost their shit. The conservative crowd loses it, in- including Senator Marco Rubio from Florida, which I'm like, bro, you don't even go here. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Who cares what you think? But like wrote a letter to the Major League Baseball dude who's in charge and was like, this is just anti-religion. This is trying to make baseball woke, this and that, like just losing their mind. So there's all this pushback. People are speaking out. They're losing their minds. Mind you, this is also happening amidst a wave of anti-queer, anti-trans legislation. Just sentiment in general. Sentiment in general. Social media, the new, everything, everything, right? And so the Dodgers rescind their invitation and take back the award, which hasn't even been given yet at this point. Right. So they're just walking it back. Like, you can... Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are back, backpedaling so hard. We can mm-hmm. feel the wind over in New Mexico. Yeah, it's like when Homer Simpson disappears into the bushes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Disappears. So there's all this, like, you know, they're saying that they didn't want to detract from the goodness of the Pride event by having this group who's a mockery show up now. And again it it calls to mind like we've talked about cancel culture before we've talked about when do you um when do you say like okay maybe we were wrong like we're gonna change how we think about this and and that's what it felt like they did right they weren't saying um we learned this new information and now we want they were just saying like "Mm, we we kind of want to make everybody happy which is so sad um well, then the gays got mad, and the other groups that are LGBTQ friendly that were planning to support this Pride Night, that were planning to be there, were like, look, if you're not going to support the sisters, um, we're out too. We don't want to be there. You need to invite them again, or we're out. So now it's a fight between the queers are pissed and the conservatives are pissed. The con- mind you, the conservative who is not even in California. So guess what happened, Kat? They got reinvited. They got reinvited. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a terrible game of freaking birthday party invite tag or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. It's terrible. Terrible. Listen, if you can't have our community at our Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, then you certainly can't have us at our um, Will and Grace. Will and Grace. <laughs> no, absolutely none. Like, no, bro. No. It's not okay. I would understand if. It was an organization in which you found out that they were like doing they were something. abusing children, like, like the actual church. Yes. Mm, yeah. That I I okay. You know what? Get that. Yeah, I get it. They have been doing good. The sisters have been doing great work since their inception. Mm. Again, this is this wasn't new information. They knew who they were. That's why they were giving them the award. Not new information. I should say since their immaculate conception instead of inception. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, you know, and it's, I get it. Not everything is for everybody. Just like the Pocha podcast is not for everyone, <laughs> right? What? 
it's not for everybody drag nuns might be really offensive to someone like my grandmother who just isn't quite there yet and doesn't get it and finds it immoral Mm -hmm. blasphemous Mm -hmm. all the things i get it i get it don't go to pride night at the fucking dodgers stadium if that's how you feel if you're going to be mad at the Dodgers, seriously, be mad because there was a shady-ass deal of the of Chavez Ravine for the people who used to live there. Be mad at that. Don't be mad at people who are doing good work and they're getting an honor up for it, regardless of what they dress like. And I'm going to stereotype and say that um, you probably don't care about that either because it was just brown people that got their land mm-hmm. repurposed. So you probably don't care about at, that either. They're mad at the. They're mad because it's just the gays, and that's period. But listen, if right. Marco Rubio has a problem with uh, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, he probably has not heard of the Savannah Bananas because that baseball team dances mid, and sometimes they wear outfits. Not that they're nun esque or anything, but they wear outfits that are definitely not the standard baseball uniform he might be pissed at that because it's the whole entire team that's participating sometimes the umpires so if if he's mad at the dodgers like someone go go put that on his tv and see what he well florida is not okay no florida is pissed at the gays florida is pissed at the undocumented florida is pissed at freaking any and everything that like they're mad at people having a period they're mad at everything they're mad at disney they're pissed at fucking the happiest place on earth florida is just angry right now and i think they need an intervention the intervention is happening june 1st apparently they're doing a boycott like so the ask that i have seen on tiktok is mm-hmm. if you don't live in florida don't purchase things that are florida based or made from a florida company june 1st if you live in florida don't go to work don't purchase Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. you know just boycott Mm -hmm. um because of the immigration bill that passed i am loving the truckers Mm -hmm. that are saying i'm not taking my truck through that state i'm not delivering shit i'm not picking shit up good luck i'm not doing it i am in love with this i feel like truckers are this sort of gang um that really is sort of the hub of all of our shipping and i mean they serve such a huge i think unseen purpose in our society right now and i will say i made a really terrible comment to someone who was married to a trucker once i didn't know her husband was a trucker and i was talking about how they're like the perfect serial killers and then she was like um my husband's a trucker i was like oh my god i'm so sorry but i'm loving this just solidarity and unity around like dude you can't just hate like again pay attention to history you can't ban every book that talks about so dade county in florida again um is banning the oh yeah amanda gorman what is it the hill we climb poem yeah the poem that was read at biden's uh inauguration because one parent a single parent one human wrote a letter and it it didn't even write a letter didn't even go as far as to write it's a form that says like what do you want removed um amanda gorman the hill we climb filled it out you can see this on online it's ridiculous who's the publisher it says like oprah winfrey what seriously like it 
there i'm wondering if it was like an oprah's book choice or something that had the sticker that said oprah or if this person is just that i mean obviously i'm already thinking they're ignorant so whatever but they were like it promotes uh, it indoctrinates students and this and that so they're removing it because one parent filled out a form template letter and wants it removed wow so i actually saw the post amanda gorman posted this and was like so devastated that something she intended to be so unifying Mm -hmm. and patriotic was taken in this way and now banned which we've talked about banned books Mm. i mean this this goes to show one the power of one person yes and absolutely if if there are people who with just one voice can get something banned there are people with with whom one voice can get something done. Yes. And that voice can be yours and you you have that power and wield it as you need to. So I have a proposal. Okay. Is she going to come on the show and read us a poem? Oh my god, I hope so. But here's my other proposal before mm. that happens. Um so you know that we are spokeshumans for Nopalera, a mm-hmm. brand we love. Yes. Um I think we have a little bit of commission sitting in our account. <gasps> And my proposal is that we go use that money to buy the hill we climb and put it in all the mini free libraries that are around town. <laughs> yes. Because more people should read it. Yes. It was such a great poem. Yeah. Everybody needs to have access to it. I love this. Okay. And done and done. Done and done. That's what we're doing. Stay tuned for pictures. Ooh, this this particular weedy weedy covered a lot of things. Oh my gosh, we just this is this is the weedy weedy. We're not gonna have anything to talk about in June. We really don't. We blew our wad. Well, I mean, Happy Pride. It'll just be a whole episode where we talk about Happy Pride. Yes, I'm all about Pride Month. Although I don't know that I even own a whole bunch of rainbowy things. I know. You've, yeah. That that's a that's a weedy weedy in and of itself. Like, <gasps> at, you know, at what point do you need to purchase into? Because there's there's also a whole backtracking of Target over a thing and a thing and a thing and and a whole like a whole conversation around performative justice movements or performative acts Absolute from allyship. Oh, yeah. We've talked a little bit about this, and it it um and I felt sad. I just saw that, and I just bought two um like beer glasses from target that say cheers queers <laughs> so i thought they were amazing well you still can think they're amazing and it's okay mm. that's on the next episode of as the world Tur- goes gay yeah as, yeah as the world turns gay well what things we've learned the dodgers it's complicated it is florida's not okay it's not going to be okay for it's a while not okay and one person getting a poem banned. Whew. Yeah. And also go watch the Savannah Bananas. Just Google that and you will be entertained. Highly entertained. Okay, I'm doing that. Well, between then and now, mm-hmm. you can also Google us and find us on Twitter, kind of, sometimes. Mm. I'm, I think we're breaking up. I, I keep so. saying that, yeah. but I think I think this. Let this, this be. be. That's what we can talk about in June. See, <laughs> you actually <laughs> we break us up with Twitter. <laughs> Instagram, the mm-hmm. Facebooks. Mm-hmm. You can also reach out to us at our Gmail account, bochapodcast at gmail.com. And also, like, seriously, if you haven't left um, any kind of feedback on wherever you get your podcast goodness, 
Yeah, let us know. Yes, but be constructive about it too. Like if there's something that that we are missing, don't give us a two star review and be and just be done. Give us that five star review and tell us how we can improve <laughs> and tell us why you think we're so good. Um, this has been the Weedy Weedy for Cinco de Mayo. Just kidding. This wow. has been the Weedy Weedy for May um, at the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation with the Pocha Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.